Welcome to the CEO of Destiny podcast, where you will find the tools to fulfill the purpose of your generation and wildly succeed in the marketplace. And now your host, Andre J. Benjamin. You speak to parents who feel inadequate and inept at really drawing out greatness out of their children. Yep. So the distance learning that, that everybody had to endure two years ago um, is not homeschooling, right? So first of all, homeschooling doesn't take eight hours a day. <laughs> so because you're doing one-on-one, or even if you have a few children and you group them together for some things, it still just takes maybe for the child at a high school level, three to four hours a day. And at a high school level, a lot of that is self-directed, right? For a little kid, an hour, two hours a day. And some of it is they're doing it on their own after you've instructed them and it's just a little bit of your time, right? So that's something that parents need to understand. Distance learning is not homeschooling. Homeschooling, you don't have to imitate the school. You know, in Love fact, it. it's harder if you imitate the school. I had to undo my school thinking when I decided yes. to homeschool my kids because I had that mentality. First period, second period. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, here's the bell, here's recess. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, most, in fact, every that I know of state homeschool law really gives parents the right and responsibility to set a schedule that works for your kids, right? So I've talked to working parents um, about how do I homeschool? There's a lot of different ways to do it. I've even talked to single working parents who want to homeschool and they do because one thing you learn is it doesn't have to happen 9 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, 180 days a year. It can happen, you know, if, if you work, Okay, fine. If you work daytime hours, you can do your academic stuff during the evening because it only takes a little bit of time. And then I think the trickiest thing is maybe finding childcare during the day. You know, you can do the academics on the weekend and at night, but you do need to find if your children aren't old enough to stay home by themselves, a place where they can be. Right. But what if the what if the parents working remotely now and the child is there, but they don't have, but but they might have pockets? Can you break down a couple of practical, you know, just sample schedule so that parents can see this is some of the ways you did it. And also some of the ways you heard that other parents did it that worked. And then some of the supplementary things you did to maybe take them to expose them to opportunities that maybe, you know, talk about the advantages that might be there for the parent that is attempting to homeschool. Or, you know, like you said, they worked that full-time job and whatnot. And, or um, even when they come home, and their parent, the, the child is going to the traditional classroom, but they may not be getting the maximum opportunity. No disrespect to the teachers doing their thing, but they might, the child still might feel frustrated about it. How can the parent then do a couple of things, you know, just give a couple of sample schedules and, and things that you found? Okay. Um, that's a lot. Uh, <laughs> I know. I was, uh, at least five questions. I wanted right, to right. All right. So let's pick one. Who's, who's working remotely. Um, you, you might be able to talk to your boss and say, okay, because my husband actually, he's a, kind of on a hybrid schedule right now. So our kids are graduated, but, but let's say it was during the time when they're here, he's hybrid. So he works from home Monday, Friday, and he has to go to the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's kind of what his schedule is. So let's say there's somebody like that, right? But so many, especially now, because it's so hard to find workers and good workers, um, employees kind of have a leg up. And if you talk to your supervisor and you say, you know what, I need to log in to work at 
nine o'clock every day because my kids are homeschooled now and between eight and nine, I'm gonna set them up and get them going for the morning on their learning tasks. I can't get them up too early because they're going to be sleeping anyway. <laughs> you know, most bosses are going to say, okay, let's rejigger your schedule and adjust your schedule. And you can do that. Um, and if you don't, well, then you can set them up with their learning tasks the night before, right? Um, and, and teach them self-regulation and get them going. And then when you get your coffee break, you go and you check on what they're doing. One thing people don't often know, again, distance learning is not homeschooling. Yes. Homeschooling does not have to be online, right? It can be. There are online programs where a child can be doing all of their academics with a homeschool program online, which is not the same as distance learning. There are some where you can maybe do a math online and sciences with a book or experiments. It can be all offline and the child can, you know, you have this curriculum and it says the child does this, 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 and this. Well, you can set them up with that the night before, in the morning, and have them do a few things and then come back and check and have these conversations with them through the day. Um, one of the tools I used with my girls, I did not create it. A woman named Sue Patrick created it. It's called the work box system. And I think it's brilliant. Um, basically it's you get a, a shoe rack and you get a set of plastic shoe boxes um, and you set them up and you put learning tasks in each box. About 12 shoe boxes fit on a, sh a typical shoe rack. And you just put whatever you want. And for my case, some of them said work with mom. So history was together with my girls. That was the first box of the day. And it was a work with mom box. And we came to the kitchen and uh, the living room and we did our history. But box two was Rachel's going to go and do something. She's going to do her, her copy work and her narration from our history lesson by herself while I work with Abby on her math. Right. So Abby's box two was work with mom on math while Rachel had an independent task. And I think you can adjust that kind of a system for if you're working from home and your children are being homeschooled. You know, you, you set up these visible concrete system for your kids to follow. So it's not something they have to remember, but it's right in front of their faces, you know, and they can, all right, I'm going to take that box down. I've got it done. Now it's off the rack. Look at the progress I made. All the boxes yeah. are off. Yeah. That was one of my girl's best things when the boxes were done for the day. <laughs> what a great visual illustration. There's, uh, as I talked about comic books earlier, I love how you um, talked about having them engage in copy work in your book of um, just to increase their writing and their vocabulary. They can also notice patterns. They can just also discover their own voice as they're writing other people's words. I love that. Uh, one of the, uh, the great comic books that are, you know, was really big at the time I was growing up was called the X-Men and the main guy had a school for gifted youngsters who are all different. They all have these differences that in a regular setting would make them an outcast because they don't fit in a traditional class. But he's trying to help them to steer on how to learn. Okay, this is too powerful for that setting. Bring that in. This you can work with. So he's creating this um, place where it's, I think that always uh, grabbed my attention as a child because I didn't do well in the traditional school setting. And there were a lot of mislabels and whatnot. Um, and those, and there were only a few teachers that recognized my learning advantages and they call it out. And I say, oh, wow, I've never heard this before. So that made me go and, and then start to, you know, break off some of those labels. So here's one of the things I wanted to ask you is that, can you speak to parents um, 
about the importance that you had. I, I love how you talk about some of the challenge points with your children. And I wanted to make sure to not give everything away in the book. That's why I'm specifically- <laughs> Right, you want them to buy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We would need them to go buy the book. But um, talk, talk about the role that talking to the, the Heavenly Father has in unlocking some of these things about your children. Because for me, I definitely believe there's a difference between schooling versus education. I look at schooling as the, you know, administering of a curriculum that, you know, they, if you look at the definition, it talks about taking place in a building. It's this, it's a system. And whereas education comes from the root word educe, which means to draw out or to call forth. And I think that the viewpoint of uh, what we can see with the conventional school system is that it is based upon these empty vessels that need to be filled. Whereas if you look at um, more of a um, biblical, scriptural perspective of humanity, it talks about the heart of a person is deep waters and the person of understanding draws it out. You know, eternity being said in our hearts, like there's these, all these beautiful, this beautiful imagery, even talking about a garden and, you know, our life being parallel to this area that just needs cultivation in the right environment. So can you speak to that some of, uh, you know, maybe a point when you were frustrated, which could be every day for a lot of parents, <laughs> <laughs> but then you got a, you got an insight from the father and it helped you to go forward with a little more confidence. Yep. All right. So I'll tell the story we talked about before we started taping of my younger daughter, the logic smart one, right? Oh. <laughs> um, when, so I started teaching my older daughter to read when she was five, because I was still in that school mentality of, oh, she's five, she has to learn to read. I have since learned, and I encourage parents, you know what, the normal range for learning to read actually extends to age 10, right? Doesn't mean your child has a disability. The schools push it at five or six, because in the system, they need all the children to be doing the same things at the same time. You can't manage a classroom like that otherwise, right? The problem is kids aren't naturally wired to all learn at the same time. But at the time I was like, all right, Rachel's five, got to pull up the reading book. And I was dutifully working with her on that. And Abby was 11 and a half months younger. And I'm like, she's really bright. She's on the ball. I'm going to start with her too. She's four years old. <laughs> she's capable. So I sit her down with the curriculum and she's picking up the concepts. She's blending. She's got all of this. But every time I pulled out the curriculum and sat her down at the table, just for reading penmanship math, she was fine with, she had a meltdown, a temper tantrum. And this was a very calm child. It's like, what is going on with her? And um, so, <laughs> you know, and it was out of character, right? She, she wasn't a strong-willed kid as far as, as exerting that, but just with reading. And so I started, thankfully, I remembered to start praying, right? So like, right, yes. what is going on with this? Because on the one hand, I knew she's four years old, even if my five-year-old has to learn to read, which again, I don't believe anymore. The four-year-old doesn't, but I don't want her to think that her temper tantrum is getting her her way because that's the mm. last thing we want, right? So Lord, what should I do? I could put it aside, but I don't want to send her the wrong message. And I just, I prayed that for a few weeks and uh, still kept trying, still kept getting the temper tantrum. <laughs> and then one day I pulled out the stuff. I said, Abby, come on over to the table. And she crossed her little arms and she stomped her little foot and she said, mama, I just want to be four. Let's go. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I had the wherewithal. The Lord said, the spirit said, you know what? That's my answer. Yes. In this case, you're not facilitating a temper tantrum. I've been trying to communicate with you through this logic smart child that yes. it's illogical to make her do this. And 
And so I, with much trepidation, I said, okay, we're going to set it aside. Um, said, honey, when you turn five, um, we're going to try again, unless you tell me that you're ready. And the thing for her is what I've learned now is she was cognitively ready before, but she wasn't emotionally ready. I don't know why she it. just wasn't, you know? Um, and it was about two or three weeks before she turned five. She literally came up to me in her little four-year-old self-assured sense. And she said, mama, I'm ready now. Wow. So I pulled that out again. I was like, are we going to have another tantrum today? I pulled out the stuff and it was bliss. <laughs> she day. was emotionally ready. She was cognitively ready. And she was the reader within days, right? Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do us a favor. If this was useful in any way for you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Reviews will allow others to easily discover the podcast. If you'd like more information and to receive a free download, rediscover your destiny, go to ceoofdestiny.com. Thanks again and tune in next time.